<clears throat> so, um, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at um, when Gabriel announced to Zechariah that her that his uh, wife was going to have a son, even though they were uh, very old and they had not been able to have children. And we noticed that uh, Zechariah, shall we say, asks the wrong questions. Uh, he responds with, how's that going to happen because we're really old? And he's supposed to be the wise, righteous, old, experienced priest. Like, he, he should know that that's how Abraham got started um, and therefore the entirety of the people of Israel. It's a thing that God has done. There's precedent, in other words. And, uh, you know, so for his trouble, Gabriel makes sure that Zechariah has a little time out <clears throat> until John is born and named. Um, and then we kind of extended that out and, and, and looked at um, the idea of, of patterns. Um, that, that there are certain ways that God has worked in our lives and um, continues to do so. And so when we encounter something happening, like, like God has always been faithful, and so uh, he'll see us through this, whatever that may be. And so this week, um, this week's different. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And Luke, as a storyteller, loves opposites and parallels, as it turns out. So, uh, for example, on the one hand, you have Zechariah, the old experienced, righteous priest who whiffs it, just totally misses the point. And then you have Mary, 14-ish is kind of about how old she would have been. Um, so no expectations about life experience or education or anything like that. And she just jumps in and responds quite faithfully. Luke is bringing those or holding those together in tension or in parallel for a reason. One of the things he likes to point out is that uh, oftentimes the people who should get it don't, and the people who have no business getting it get it. This is one of those situations. So Gabriel appears to Mary, and I love the way Luke kind of tells that story. Um, because did you notice that Mary's just trying to feel out the situation? Says that she's trying to figure out what kind of message this is. <laughs> like she's trying to read the room or something like that. Um, and then he says that you're going to have a kid. Now, Zechariah also asked, how is that going to happen? But again, we've already been down that road in the history of Israel. When Mary says... How's that going to happen? Um, that's, that's a question of logistics and mechanics more than like anything else. Because there's no precedent for that. There is no precedent. No, uh, no Jewish group, no Jewish thinker, no Jewish writer from first century or before or anything like that had really any idea that it would be God's direct son would be the Messiah. 
So like when the angel says like he will be this, he will be a son of God, he will be son of God. That son of God does not immediately mean divinity. In fact, uh, Israel is often given the title of son of God. So again, Mary asks, uh, how's that going to work? Because the idea of God by the Holy Spirit or as Holy Spirit impregnating Mary um, isn't in the Jewish worldview. Now, similar ideas can be found in the broader Greco-Roman world. Uh, Zeus does that a lot, like way too much. Uh, <laughs> and those stories, though, those, are, those stories are stories of power, lust, control. They're not stories of redemption or rescue. So this moment when this angel is delivering the news to Mary, we are in new territory. Um, there, is, there is no precedent. Uh, when, um, <clears throat> when I was in seminary, we had to take a certain number of hours of like counseling classes. And um, one, of the, one of the early ideas that they, um, that they really just beat into our skulls is that if somebody is kind of spilling their guts or they're explaining a really tough situation um, that they are stuck in and they don't know what to do, uh, gently, one of the be first things really you should do is get the person to reflect on when they might have been in a similar situation in the past. And there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in that. I would commend that to you. If you find yourself stuck, overwhelmed, you have no idea what's go uh, how to proceed, you encounter a situation that's enormously difficult uh, or painful or so on and so forth, one of the first things or best things you can do is take a step back and say, okay, how is this similar to something I've been through in the past? And how can that inform what I should do now? Um, that's what Zechariah should have done. Mary does not have that option. She can't run to her rabbi and say, hey, uh, I'm pregnant, and it was God. Um, for, for a number of reasons, she can't do that. Uh, one, uh, he'll just think she's possessed or something. But two, uh, she could also be in danger. She's pregnant, and uh, her betrothed is not the father. We're in trouble. So if the story of Zechariah is about how has God seen me through things in the past, and how can I continue to move forward and see God work in my life in kind of patterns that repeat in my life, um, the story of Mary is the opposite. It's what happens when you get blindsided. When you encounter something that you did not see coming, you do not have categories to describe, you have no idea how to proceed. That's where Mary is right now. The problem, or tricky part, from my perspective, because I've got to turn this into a sermon somehow, is that if you find yourself in that situation, and we will, I mean, just by the fact that you're human, um, you will experience this. These moments that just come out of nowhere. You have nothing to relate it to. Your categories are exploded. You don't know what to do. I have no advice for you. I don't know what to tell you. I'm happy to sit here with you. Um, now, 
hold that thought for a second. It, at the end of chapter 2 in Luke, um, after Jesus has been born, and the angels and the shepherds and, um, and all of that, after he's circumcised, and, and that was kind of an adventure too, because they take him into the temple, and there's Simeon, this guy who was promised to see the Messiah before he died. He's like, he knows exactly who this kid is. And I would be willing to bet that Mary and Joseph still haven't figured this all out. Because how could you? Um, and then uh, Anna, this prophetess, does like the same thing. And they are, they have no idea how to figure any of this out. Um, there's a line that Luke uses. that says, uh, Mary took these things and she pondered them in her heart. Um, I can't remember what commentator it was that I was reading. This was like six months ago anyway. But um, it made a really interesting observation. And it turns out that there's a whole school of thought that would agree with this. Um, and it makes sense the more I think about it. Uh, when Luke says that, what he's giving you is effectively um, one of his sources. You want to you know where Luke got all of that information? You either talk to Mary, or he got it from somebody who got it from Mary. And for me, um, that means that not only after all of the shenanigans surrounding Jesus' birth, but also his entire career, which was, I think, an adventure in and of itself, this was after she watched her own son, her firstborn son, die, tortured. This was after the startling moment that nobody saw coming when Jesus walked out of that tomb three days later and none of his disciples could figure out what's going on. The women got it, for what it's worth. But the men, it took them a while. Um, and this is after the church expanded. It was then that she told her story to somebody else. And because this is a sermon and I have to have something direct to say, that I find extremely comforting when I'm in the moment of being totally blindsided, God has never done this before in my life, I have never seen this happen before, I have no categories to deal with this. Because while on the one hand, yeah, it's true, I have no advice for you. On the other hand, God will see me through. Over time, God will redeem. And there will come a time when you look back and things make sense. And so now we are about a week and a half away um, from celebrating the birth of Jesus. The one whose birth um, likely terrified Mary, and to be perfectly honest, put her life in danger. The one whose birth made absolutely no sense to those who were in the inner circle and knew exactly where this kid came from. Um, and we celebrate the one who was willing to give his life in the place of and for the sake of those he loved. And somewhere in that messy middle, uh, when things don't make sense, and I have no categories to deal with something, I have no idea where to go next or what to do, I know I'm going to be okay. And so are you. Because the one who was born that shattered all of the categories also died for you, also redeemed and reverse death, conquer death for you, and is now alive and well in and through you. Amen. Merry Christmas.
Please rise as we sing Magnificat. <laughs>